Welcome to the Manor. Welcome back to the Twin Terrors, Macabre Manor of Mead, Metal, and Mayhem. I'm Jody. And I am patient, James, this time being calm when I say, I'm ready when you are, because I knew, I knew it. <laughs> it's like deja vu. <laughs> oh, what? Deja vu. Oh, what? <laughs> I'd say you jerk, but that would also be repetitive. <laughs> I learned the deja vu thing from you, so that's. <laughs> uh, I just mean jumping in and with the intro. Oh, well, hey, hey if you weren't ready for me to start, <laughs> you should have said something. <laughs> Don't touch those. <laughs> Since I called you a jerk, now I can think of, he hates these cans. <laughs> I, uh, that's a movie I guess I need to get Rebecca to sit down and watch. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Jackie won't. So <laughs> I can probably, good. I can probably get her to sit down and watch it. Whether or not she'll like it is a different <laughs> story, but. <laughs> Hey, I'm I'm ready. Whatever you want. <laughs> we we so already did start, that. <laughs> so, so actually, start a real episode, not just talk about. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> I got I got sidetracked because this is what we usually do beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was going to say you realize I almost started saying it again. No, nah, that would have been even better. <laughs> <laughs> to, to move on. <laughs> what are you drinking tonight? Um, I'm actually, I've had this before. I've, I've mentioned it on the, uh, on the podcast before I am having a, and still do not know how you actually say this about the brewery's name. It's, it's a rebel hard coffee, limited edition pumpkin spice latte from 12s, 12 fives brewery. Hmm. It's, it's the word 12, the number five, no spaces, apostrophe S. Yes. I mean, I'd, I'd say 12, five. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I, I'm not from Neenaw, Wisconsin. <laughs> I, so there's not too much dead space while you mumble over there. <laughs> uh, my beer also is one I've had on the, the podcast, although not as recently as yours from October time. Uh, I almost didn't have it. I was going to save it for next year. And then I realized I have another whole 12 pack of the Sam Adams holiday beer. So I'm having my last old Fezziwig from my first 12 Cool. Oh, old Fezziwig. Oh, you happy-go-lucky <laughs> old Fozziwig with his rubber chicken factory. <laughs> Fozziwig. Okay, yeah. I... <laughs> Again, in, in my top three. <laughs> yes, yes. Muppet Christmas Carol. I, I've I actually not seen it, but I knew what you were talking about. Yes. And now for something completely different. <laughs> the first farewell tour of Canada. <laughs> Monty Python series four, part two. Yeah. Take eight. <laughs> uh, so this is the background on it, which starts with a tour and some back. Yeah. It, it, this won't be a long episode unless we end up doing a couple of uh, episodes. Talk about a couple of the actual series episodes. I will start by saying in 1973, which is deja vu. <laughs> they, they did what they called their first farewell tour of Canada, which is funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. but, but they actually said it to be funny, unlike Motley Crue or other bands like that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, the fans 
of my python because canada loved python at this time they uh, picketed the cbc the canadian broadcasting company the their version of the bbc mm -hmm. when they were going to take python off the air so huh. much so that the cbc kept them on okay and they were so popular they worked out a tour here uh you know damn it i forgot to add this i actually have a nice little uh, um I'll, I'll try to find her name by the next episode because i don't want to ruin time but there was a, a lady who just passed away uh, last year and and she's one of the people who got them to come into canada uh really interesting story i forgot to add it to my notes but i'll find it for next time okay but it, it's great but they came to canada to do a little tour mm -hmm. and at the airport the fans just screamed for them just like awesome. rock stars cool yeah gilliam rode around the luggage belt <laughs> as, as the fans were yelling cleese goes shut up we haven't done anything funny yet <laughs> that's what cleese does <laughs> yeah sounds like john cleese <laughs> uh, because of the wildness this was part of the cause of cleese leaving the flying circus although at this time they were talking about movies and he told them that he was okay with doing movies in the future yeah while here Graham mm -hmm. found a gay Mountie. Of course he did. Of course he, but he wasn't the only one to get laid because Eric said he thought with his penis the entire time, which really hurt his marriage. I'm sure it did. And it was at this time where John had talked about leaving, uh, even though he's willing to do movies. Uh, but Graham convinced everyone else to do the fourth series without John while they're out doing this tour. I and, and you may have a note about this for later on, but Cleese. Did he stick around as a writer? Because I know he's got writing credit on some of these episodes. Yeah, they'd started writing and having some things already. He was just kind of done with the acting, and he didn't do much writing. Okay. But he's he's got some minimal in there that we'll get to with the episodes. Okay. Uh, but uh, during this time, they also went to the States for a bit during this Canadian tour, and they stayed at the Continental Hyatt House while in L.A., a.k.a. the Continental riot house riot house uh-huh <laughs> where all the rock stars like zeppelin and everybody else stayed idol found out that elvis called people squire because of the nudge nudge sketch at this time <laughs> <laughs> nice uh -huh. so this is cool and, and speaking of which he found out a few years later in 76 or he didn't find out um a few years later in 76 eric would go to australia to film commercials for a nudge chocolate bar <laughs> Have you seen any of those? Are those those out there anywhere? I think I quickly looked and couldn't find it, but I'm sure it is. Okay. I mean, everything's out there. If we can find the Jolly Green Giant commercials that Python wrote after their first series. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but that, that's, I mean, there, there's a lot. You could talk about the tour a lot, but it's mostly the fans going insane and them getting to go to LA and, and stuff. Yeah, but uh, during this time, when they decided to do the fourth season, Mm -hmm. They moved it to BBC Two, and ah. if you'll notice, which Jody may have a note when we get there, but I'll, I've got it here, so I'll say they lost the Flying Circus part. It was just now Monty Python. Yes, because there's I, no. Clues. I've I was not sure what the reason was behind that, but it is, it is like the, yeah, the opening credits just say Monty Python. They don't say Monty Python's Flying Circus. Yeah, and uh, I mean, from what I read, it had to do because. They weren't all six of them anymore, so they they it changed. So they did that. Okay, well that's yeah, I guess that's understandable. 
And Eric said, uh, so when we get there, uh, if we haven't already mentioned it in an episode, uh, they only did six episodes for series four. Yes. Uh, instead of the typical 13, although they were offered another seven, but Eric said no, because he felt the balance was off with no Cleese around. I would agree with him. Specifically, he said, nobody was there to check Terry's Welshness. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And in October 1974, that's when we would see the first U.S. airing of shows on PBS. Uh Uh-huh. Which we did an episode on, right? I believe we have, yeah. I think we've I talked remember, about that. I remember talking about it for like 30 minutes with you, and I can't imagine if it wasn't an episode, you wouldn't have let me go more than 10. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, James, this is all vastly interesting. Let me tell you about my cats. <laughs> <laughs> and during this time... They're good kitties. They are. Uh, during this time, Palin starts to work on the new series, and he writes The Golden Age of Ballooning, where he also mentions filming of The Grail started to happen before series four even if it was released after okay which we'll get into more when we actually talk about the holy grail yeah Yeah, but as of august 8th 1974 they had four scripts complete and and this is from palin's uh, diary thing and he mentions that nixon is about to resign which he did so the next day (laughs) oh yeah Uh, but idol actually didn't write much for series four uh, because he's out of the country a lot so what was he running off to uh, he's just well, Australia. No. <laughs> oh well, it, d- duh, yeah, you you said actually, that. Actually, I think that was a couple years in the future. But yeah, he he was going all. I mean, this is Idol's rock star phase. Uh, I don't yeah. have a lot of notes because if I ever mention this, it'll it'll be its own episode. But he was hanging out with Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford. Uh, he's hanging out with Mick Jagger and David Bowie, and like he was just having the rock star time of his life. Yeah. Uh, the, the guys from SNL, like John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, but yeah. Uh, my next note I have, I don't know if I agree with, because it says the series was well regarded. I maybe it was at the time. I just know it's my least favorite. It's it's my least favorite as well, but I do still enjoy it. I do, and and I think I agree with Idol that it wasn't just quite as balanced. Yeah, I th- there there's definitely. Something missing without John Cleese. Yeah, with his doing less writing and Idol doing less writing, you do actually get the more bizarre Terry Jones and Terry Gilliam. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you do. (laughs) Gilliam has more screen time, actually. (laughs) Well, doesn't have much choice, but (laughs) But he does have he does have quite a bit. Yeah, as well as a few others. We'll get to here soon. (laughs) Okay. And in Japan, it started being aired. But it aired as the Gay Dragon Boys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and they would follow it up with a panel of men in business scoots, uh, business suits talking about the sketches in a very serious manner. Oh, that's funny. I, I kind of want to see that, but I don't know if it's dubbed in English. I haven't looked. <laughs> that is funny funny and and evidently and i did look this up and this is hilarious uh this was a note from one of the books but then i i looked it up and hearing john cleese dubbed in to japanese is fucking hilarious (laughs) that sounds 
epic, actually. <laughs> right, and as a lead-in, which I'm not sure why I put that note in there, uh, because <laughs> I think I'm a, my notes are actually almost done for this. Uh, early December 1972, which actually goes back to the end of Series 3 time, mm-hmm. but it's a lead-in into Series 4. Uh, Cleese said he is tired of TV, but Palin had written that they were also working on various film strips and mentions Herod's, which is a thing about the Holy Grail that we'll talk about when we get to the Holy Grail, because when the Holy Grail started, it was not exactly the Holy Grail that came out. <laughs> uh, but not. No, there, there's some really cool, neat things. I mean, well, do you, do you want to know the Herod's connection real quick? And we'll talk about it again. It's real quick. Sure. They were just going to have it so that they actually find the Holy Grail at Herod's. <laughs> that would have been awesome the way it was initially written it would have been a great full-length episode of the flying circus but i I think the movie is better how it went (laughs) yeah but that still would have been awesome i think would have been hilarious (laughs) (laughs) the 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 rock tour of their canadian first farewell tour in, in june 73 uh reinforced Cleese's decision with uh, June 20th, uh, their their final time in Vancouver, but everything was still going over well in England, and, and they went back to Canada in April, May, and they went back and forth a little bit, but it's just getting wearisome to Cleese. Mm-hmm. And I, I will mention again for Zepp that they went to America again for, and they actually did a few day shows, TV things, you know, after Canada. Mm-hmm. And uh, on Sunday, June 24th, they were in LA, and... They mentioned that they saw Zeppelin's Houses of the Holy Billboard with, quote, strange picture of naked children climbing what looks like Giant's Causeway. <laughs> <laughs> w- weren't wrong. <laughs> nope. Yeah, so my, my theory, which isn't so much, <laughs> hold on a second, my theory, and this is my theory, <laughs> my theory, and it's my theory alone, and nobody else's theory, and this is mine. <laughs> but I, but, but I, I, We'll say that it's not so much really, it's not like a secret theory that, ooh, that's deep, James, because all of this, if you read more than two things <laughs> on the Pythons, all it says is John was happy to do books and albums because they contained new things. And he's kind of getting tired of the old, because even by series three, if you remember from our episodes, he is getting a wee bit tired of the redundancy of the TV shows. I can see that. Uh, but he also did want to spend more time writing Faulty Towers with his then-wife, Connie. Okay. And then my next note says Watergate hearings going on, which is redundant because just above, I mentioned Palin saying that Nixon resigned the next day. But for listeners who don't know, Watergate hearings were a scandal of Richard Nixon's presidency in the United States. And I don't feel the need to go further. But Jody can. Will I put the pipe to my face if he wants? I actually have nothing to add to that. Without either of us going into an hour tangent, it's probably best. (laughs) But that is what I have for the bridge from Series 3 into Series 4. Somebody tell Robert Plant we found his confounded bridge. (laughs) Where's that confounded bridge? When I go hiking, it's really tough for me when I like to not take pictures of bridges and send them to Jody and say that. (laughs) I would laugh. You, you would, and you have before, and I've done it a half a dozen times. I'm like, all right, that's probably enough. <laughs> yep. All right, but that's it, unless 
Unless, ooh, Jody would like to go ahead and talk about maybe one or two episodes. Yeah, we can do that. We even have a reason. Yeah. Cool. We don't even need gophers. <laughs> Fuzzy varmints of <laughs> bagpipes with Otina. <laughs> well, yeah, let's uh, let's do at least episode one, if not two. Okay. Um, but, but I know we have to take a break here so you can get your notes. <laughs> yeah. So I'll be right back. Thank you, Baffle May. We, we did take a small break because Jody needed to look at his notes, and I, yeah, I, I looked up the nudge bar. I Google's not coming up with anything on Eric Idle Australian nudge bar commercial. So maybe, okay. maybe, but you know, so if anybody finds it, let us know. Yeah, we would be most interested in seeing those. And grateful if you can show them to us. Don't touch those. <laughs> Monty Python series series four. <laughs> Episode one. (laughs) The golden age of ballooning. (laughs) It is about the French when they're doing hot air balloons and the Montgolfier brothers were actually aviation pioneers and balloonists. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know what? what, I I liked how it started with Michael Palin as a plumber who gives, starts giving the history lesson (laughs) while while he's working on a toilet. <laughs> Every man, blue collar man. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but such a good one. And, and this episode was written by Palin, pretty much. Yep. So, <laughs> that, that actually makes sense. <laughs> it, it, it it does. Oh, interestingly, aired Halloween night, 1974. Oh, cool. Yeah. I I actually don't have a lot of notes for this one other than a couple of little Things I, I, that found me and some some quotes I thought were hilarious. Okay, so I, I my th- there's a recurring joke about washing. <laughs> Louis the Fourteenth isn't he dead? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's actually my first note is the British and Scotsmen stealing the French plans, pretending to be Louis the Fourteenth when what is Louis the Sixteenth was the king at the time, right? Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a, isn't he dead? Well, 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 because because later on, when 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 Palin's character shows up to King George, he's, he introduces himself as Louis the Eighteenth, and is like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> uh, and and that's actually my next note. They first they do make fun of King George the Third because he was yes. a loony. Yeah. Somebody's reading kids' books to him, but but then my next note is they keep fouling up cities and monarch numbers. <laughs> yeah, obviously it's on purpose. Yeah, and then uh, what? Okay, so so the thing about <laughs> what was it, George the Third? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the thing about him being loony was that somebody gives a year. He goes, is it something about um, that's when he goes insane? <laughs> he he literally says, "Hey, well, that's when I go insane." <laughs> It's, oh, I I think you could at the time Michael Palin was also working on ripping yarns, and and I think his his history that he was reading up really informed this. Probably, <laughs> so good. So so is this, this is his is it almost seemed like to me that his his Scottish character who steals the plans for the balloons that that's not his uh, gangster character from the earlier series, is it? No, um, so he certainly comes across that way, but I, yeah. couldn't, I I didn't see anything where it's actually the same same person, because uh, or an ancestor even. But yeah, he certainly he, he gets that little winsome snark. <laughs> yeah, 
Oh, I've got a goal now. I want to be, I, I want people to say he's winsome with his snark. <laughs> <sighs> I'm going to, I'm going to get a little audio app on my phone that goes. So yeah. when I'm snarky, I'm going to do a little glint, like a little smile and I'm going to click my phone. So it looks like my teeth gleam. <laughs> yeah. Huh? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Did they even do opening titles in this episode? Not this one. No, this, this was what, uh, the, third episode fourth episode like there haven't been many but yeah it's, it's one of the few without a formal opening thing yeah uh, and they they do the end titles probably about halfway through the episode uh that i don't have a note on that nah. oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> oh but yeah uh, I tell you, there's some of the things like some of the quotes just i have to nick off now georgie boy yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh terry jones of course is semi-dressed and showing skin throughout because as mentioned before jones likes to be naked <laughs> <laughs> goes in the bathtub thing and and uh they, they actually use the term spotted sassanok and sassanok is the gaelic term for english so of course a spotted sassanok is a little derogatory there <laughs> and, and 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 the whole chapman's uh he was o'toole the butler yes yeah was really bizarre because they got to the punt like the end and they started clapping for him. Like it's a, like he did some huge dramatic thing. And I'm like, all right, I, I, this is weird. But then again, it is the way for Monty Python to get their way out without any punchlines or rapping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I tell a lie. I do have the note. Golden age of ballooning sketch did not take up the entire show, but was the first two thirds. Yes. At which point the credits rolled. So about two thirds. Okay. And then it went into the Norwegian political ad. Yes. But then went back to ballooning, but as Germans rather than French. <laughs> Zeppelins, not balloons. Well, is the golden age of ballooning that went into the golden age of Zeppelins. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm pretending <laughs> I'm Jimmy Page when they go on tour when Lady Zeppelin gets all pissed off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't get that reference. Go listen to her Zeppelin one and two. Fucks. Uh huh. Yes. It's the Chancellor. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that whole thing with with uh, Baron von Zeppelin throwing everybody out, and then the the German couple. <laughs> it's a great honor to have so many of our government dead in our sitting room, <laughs> our drawing room. Should yeah. we make them a cup of tea? We could sort them out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> throwing everybody out of the Zeppelin, but they all land in this one couple's house in this one. <laughs> In the, in the one room <laughs> i really don't have anything else it's a it's a great thing oh I'm, okay well i guess we could have said the premise is that the english and the scottish are trying to steal the hot air balloon technology from the french yeah the, the, the you know it was kind of inferred at the beginning when we started talking but that's okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's um I, my only other note is henderson and i don't remember what that was about I actually made my notes a year ago. <laughs> so, well, and I see, and I had notes from probably about a year or so ago that I can't find now. So I've had to make new notes. <laughs> and, and I just watched this the other day and now I don't remember what that note was about. <laughs> okay. All I know is that what I feel it should go with is <laughs> Henderson. If, if you don't get the reference, go back and listen to other money. <laughs> I got that reference. Good job, Steve. Ready to move on to episode two? If you are. Uh, I am. Okay. 
That's the Michael Ellis episode. Michael Ellis. Episode 241 overall. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, released November 1974 on the 7th, but you know, whatever. Well, that would be a week after Halloween. Yeah, that would make sense, you know. Yeah. yeah. A lot of well, um, the buying the ant sketch yeah. was written by Graham and John Cleese, even though Cleese wasn't in the season, but they had written it previously. <laughs> that that makes sense though that it's written by Cleese because that just feels like a Cleese kind of sketch. <laughs> it does. The the wonder- guy the guy at the counter trying to buy something or return something or you know <laughs> that Oh, I can now picture it as Cleese as the one trying to to buy it. Yeah. From Palin. Right. No, oh, Idol. Idol. Idol, yeah. 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 Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. It just yeah. Uh, but yeah, I guess the whole episode was what mostly written by Cleese and Chapman, but Palin did some in and here's where uh Neil Ennis gets a writing credit. One of the two non Python people to get a writing credit. Oh, cool. The other, if you listen to our episode on Douglas Adams and Monty Python, you know is Douglas Adams. Yes, I knew that. You, 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 you yeah, sure. <laughs> I didn't even have to listen. You, you probably did, a jerk. <laughs> Do you know how long it's been since I've actually listened to one of our episodes <laughs> outside of editing it? I listen to ours every week just to make sure I remember what we did. <laughs> and okay, moving on. Yeah, I did, I did like the thing where you think there's, like, you know, the as they're they're starting outside of a department store because Eric Idle's character wants to go in and buy an an ant because you know yeah. we've mentioned an ant sketch, uh, but yes, not, cutting, not not buy an ant farm, just one single ant, just one single ant. But it caught me off guard the first time I saw it, and almost every time if it's been a while because you see these people coming out uh-huh. with, with bandages on their face, their noses. Yeah, and I kind of assume they're getting rhinoplasty. Nope. But, but it's not. They're slamming their faces into a door and they have to get first aid. Yep. Then they have departments. It's a big department store with those old school things where they have multiple floors and each floor has two or three. And there's Adam splitting um, the ill health foods department. Yeah. <laughs> the nasal injuries hall, which makes sense. Uh huh. Multiple complaints department. <laughs> and and uh, I, I redid the satire piece. Uh, of 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 uh, ants when when they talk about what ants eat mm-hmm. what do they eat what sir the terrors what do they eat well we don't feed them so how do they live uh, mostly alcohol and cocaine sir <laughs> <laughs> they can't live long that way can they oh oh no sir but then you come in and get a different podcast and have more variety sir yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's kind of it's an ant if your yeah. aunt dies, come in and get another aunt. Yep. Just like we know all six of you will go find another podcast if, <laughs> if we die. So uh, this but... this was the first one that had the new opening credits. Yes. Yes, it did. Yeah. Yeah, what Jody said. Which is probably my least favorite of the opening credit sequences. <laughs> yeah, it's not very good, although it was funny when the end credits started pretty much just after the opening. Uh, yeah. <laughs> What's what's going on? <laughs> I, I did like this episode. It's good. I mean, the whole yeah. there's so many puns and humorous things about a department store with people getting flamed with flamethrowers and elevators that skip floors. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, Idol's house when he goes home, they have so many television sets and 
and he, all, all the animals that he's purchased uh jones as his mother is trying to get the tiger's food and (laughs) (laughs) but but then because the tiger's molder she's got to give it some drugs and (laughs) and then he does eventually go back to the department store and what you've noticed this time one floor has irish massage i saw that (laughs) which if you must know is is not an what we would consider an asian massage and the United States, it's a it's a knockout punch in a pub. <laughs> <laughs> Although my notes do say it's a knockout punch in a pub, but it could be the thing my friend Jenny gave me several times, and I definitely prefer that one. <laughs> Jenny, how are you? Because <laughs> Heather, it'd be a Polish massage. So. <laughs> ah, okay. No, I, I, I'm ready to move on towards one of the last skits of it. So I, I don't know what else you have. Uh, I had a note one of the TV shows that Idol watches at home while he's got the ant with him is Ant Talk. Um, <laughs> when when he goes back to the department store to lodge a complaint, they send him to the uh, he winds up in the toupee department, which I thought that bit was pretty funny. Yeah, it's good. I, I don't even want to re- just watch that one. Yeah, it's quite obvious they have toupees on, but they <laughs> are adamant that they don't. <laughs> yeah. Victorian poets department. That's that's kind of the last big part of it, right? Yeah, uh, because um, they, they spend a bit of time there. Which, which I have actually quite a few notes on, but I can wait if you have things. I not really. Um, I the the thing I was going to talk about is because Percy by Shelley was one of the poets in there, and oh, who was playing Shelley? I've got all those notes. Um, okay. But I, I was going to do them in order, so... Okay, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. All right, but um, but I've got just a small, quick drink of old Fezziwig first. Okay. You do that. I, I will, and I did. Okay. Because I, I have to open another beer, because I have notes coming up that require a drink. Oh. <laughs> I bet I know which note that is. Okay, well, there might be more. <laughs> I'm actually opening up a beer called Oatmeal Cookie Stout. Ooh. Oh, pa- so that sounds, sounds good. Yeah, it is. Pastry sounds are my usual thing, but on occasion, they they are tasty. Well, oatmeal stouts are good. Oatmeal stouts are good, and this just has a bit of cookie flavor, and it's yeah, very nice, very warmer. Nice. All right. So my notes here mm-hmm. are Victorian poetry, and because we do context. Yep. <laughs> Moving on, Victorian poetry in the Victorian era was eighteen thirty-seven to nineteen. 19- Ought one was preceded by the Georgian period of 1714 to 1837. And I mentioned that partially because that includes George III, who we talked about in episode one. Yep. And who we've made fun of in other episodes because he's the loony monarch who lost the United States. Yep. Uh, but I mentioned that this concludes the Regency, which is George IV, who was acting as king while his father, George III, was insane. And includes William the Fourth from 1830 to 1837, because you know he, he got put in there with the Georgian period. But I will say, during the Victorian poetry scene, Michael Palin as Queen Victoria continually lapses into a German accent. Is it Palin or Chapman? Uh, Chapman. Why did I put Palin? Palin's in my no, 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 no. You're right. You're right. It was Palin. Chapman was not. Queen Victoria, he was no. another female character. He is, yeah, yeah, it's coming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, uh, but it, but it's 
humorous because Queen Victoria was half German. Yes. And my next little note here is that John Human, uh, not <laughs> not like I am human, not an alien. H U G H A M N E. John Human plays Alfred Lord Tennyson during the Victorian poetry scene. But I mentioned yes. that specifically now because he also appeared in Terry Gilliam's film The Time Bandits in 1981, as well uh-huh. as Gilliam's film Jabberwocky, which also had Michael Palin. Oh, cool. Of course, Time Bandits had John Cleese, who wasn't in series four. Yes. But the, the best part of this is it's not really Victorian poetry. It's Victorian ant poetry because all poems have mentions of ants. Yes. <laughs> not always at first, but they are in there. Uh, but here is where Jody had mentioned Chapman. Yep. The poets and the poems are. But this whole thing is being emceed by an old lady portrayed by Graham Chapman. Uh-huh. Who gets more drunk and more drunk <laughs> as it goes on. Yes. Can't even pronounce the word poem, goes prams. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to go in order here. Okay. But the first one is William Wordsworth, uh, born 1770, died 1850, <laughs> mm-hmm. who does his poem, I Wandered Lonely as a Crab. <laughs> <laughs> but the next one, and here is where I have the note for Jody. So I'll get mm-hmm. to the, the person here in a second. Uh, but Pier- Percy Bish Shelley. Mm-hmm. Shelley. Oh, just a little one. Medium dry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that, that was my note was about was the, the, yeah. Shelley, Sherry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Graham, you drunk bastard. No, oh, but the, the, but, but it's also a little funny because he goes just a little one and it um, was poured by a little little person. One. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who was portrayed. The credits actually say little one and that little person was portrayed by Willie Shear, who was also in the first four episodes of the original Doctor Who series three, the first Doctor. Oh, okay. Yeah. Who paved the way for the 10th Doctor played by David Tennant who also voiced Scrooge McDuck. Woo! <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's my drink for Scrooge. <laughs> oh, but yeah, uh, per- Percy, by the way, uh, Shelley was born 1792, died 1822, which technically makes him before the Victorian era. So he's not actually supposed to be here. <laughs> <laughs> he does his poem, Ode to a Crab, Ozymandias. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, but with uh, with with lots of ant references. Mm-hmm. But did did you have a note on who does, who who plays him? No, that's why I was asking because I couldn't remember who it was. Be- well, because Idol plays was it Idol? Uh, you know, it's been so long since I played that, but I thought it was uh, Gilliam. No, Gilliam No. Well, now I'm going to have to find. Uh, because well well, because okay so idol's character is the one who buys the ant and he's at the department store trying to find the complaint department still at this point and he walks Mm. into the poetry reading and he's the character is standing in the background but you don't see the character again until the point where he actually leaves because idol is playing one of the poets and i think it was shelly no no terry Terry gilliam plays store assistant Percy Bischelli and Mr. Zinderski. Okay. Yeah, because uh, 
because he, I, for some reason, when he goes, "Oh, dear, Mr. Mantius," I hear it in Gilliam's voice, and yeah, it's it's uh, on IMDb. Okay, but you're you're right. Idol does do one of them. Yeah, um, but I honestly now cannot remember which. Um, you know what? I bet it'll be really easy to find out. He plays. Is it going to tell me? He's uh, John Keats. Okay. Um, who who is next? So yeah. Percy Shelley's played by Terry Gilliam. Then the next person <laughs> is John Keats, played by Eric Idle. And John Keats, born 1795, 1821. So again, before the Victorian era. That's okay. Yep. We'll let it go. But he does, oh, two glass of sherry. <laughs> <laughs> Graham is all fucked up about this time. <laughs> yeah, laying on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> but but John Keats actually reads about an anteater in such a frightful way that the audience seems to get scared or do, does yeah. get scared. Oh, but that that's quite humorous because John Keats is known for his odes of sensualism, and this one really fits in. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's it's like Iron Maiden. You learn things whether you want to or not, even though it's funny or heavy metal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but then the last one is. Alfred Lord, son of tennis balls. <laughs> yeah. Alfred Lord Tennyson, 1809-1892, who does The Charge of the Ant Brigade. <laughs> and, and, and my note after that to make fun of it is, as made famous by new wave of ant heavy metal group, Iron Anton. <laughs> That's just me being a doof when I was probably drinking when I was making these notes. You being a doof? No. Shocked. Shocked, I say. Can't imagine that. No, no, no. But uh, that, that's all I have, except, you know, for the little thing about Prince Albert. Okay. So, I mean, I, I, I give that, and, and you could talk, but I'll just simply say that they have this thing about Prince Albert, who's there in a coffin. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I also want to mention that Prince Albert actually died in 1861, after all the other poets that were here died. <laughs> <laughs> yep except uh, tennis balls who who you know but the the first first few and there are a lot of flame throwing things going on but anyway but that that's what i have so you my gentleman i'm gonna put the pint to my face no i didn't really have it, it, the the next note i have was about the complaints department um you know where uh carol cleveland's character had bought a flamethrower earlier in the episode and <laughs> And and now she's setting everything on fire. <laughs> and and, and uh, what was it? Was it was it Chapman's character that sat down after her, and the the chair was still on fire? <laughs> <laughs> Terry Jones is the guy behind the desk taking the complaints, and the desk is on fire. And <laughs> it is a good episode. It's not a horrible series. No, no. It's just, I mean, compared to the other three, it's the 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 weakest of them. But you know, it's. Still funnier than, you know, most stuff that I've seen. Yeah, they, they do just go a little too far. And I think because Cleese wasn't there to rain in Chapman and Jones. Yeah. But <laughs> still good. They, they were running with the complaints gag during the end credits, too. <laughs> this one was where the end credits appear, like, really early on, right? Yeah, because the end credits were, like, right after the opening credits. But that's yeah, that's that's all I had. Awesome. So yeah, there's some uh, little confounded bridge from series three to four. Yep. <laughs> and, and episodes one and two. Yeah. I'm good if you're good. I am good. I am too, because 
this damn oatmeal cookie stuff that I drank half of is it's fairly strong. <laughs> <laughs> mm, all that damn context and McDuck stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm, oatmeal cookie McDuck. All right. All right. Yes. Um, before it lags too much. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, share us, rate us, review us, do all the things. Yeah. What James said. Yeah. I'm James. <laughs> I'm Joni. Well, deja vu at you later. Oh, <laughs> what? The Macabre Manor is brought to you by the Twin Terrors. All rights reserved. Stay tuned for some fun outtakes. Take off, eh? He saw Jedi 17 times. Well, get yourself a quick drink. I got myself a quick drink. All right. That was quick. I know, because I listen to her episodes. <laughs> as long as one of us does. Yeah, it was it was working on derailing us. <laughs> I got us back on track. <laughs> I got I got us back into the saddle. Again. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> Here's my first drink. Ooh, cookie.